Hi, my name is Sean Taylor. That's my friend Chris Ford, aka the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And today is garbage, and that's why we're here. Because today sucks, and that's why we had to have this emergency podcast to share some garbage, horrible news with you. And I'm gonna sit here and fume while Chris takes you through some of the details. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, long story short, Mike and Brian, the co-creators of Avatar: The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra will no longer be involved in the Netflix live-action adaption, which they were pretty much the linchpin, I think, to a lot of people's excitement over it. Um, but before I get too in, in deep into it, we'll, we'll go over a lot of different things. We'll go over the statements from Mike and Brian. We'll go over how we feel about it, what it can mean for the future, um, and speculate on, on why it could have happened. And so it shouldn't take... Uh, take that long but let's let's start it happened by because going 2020 over. hates us that's why 20, you know I, I can't be too bad at 2020 because I, I had a son in 2020 got a new job but anyway but 2020 is the worst it's, you know it's still the worst year of all time but anyways <laughs> okay um so let's go ahead and read brian konietzko's statement the thing is <laughs> I skipped a paragraph two because I was like, oh, this is somber. <laughs> he starts off with, I know I'm laughing, but it, it, I'm, I was seriously so distraught. Anyway. We're laughing because we Kone don't know how else to react, man. Don't know how else. Brian, Brian Konietzko's statement. Before I get into the crux of the statement, I would like to make it clear that I am very aware and appreciative of the fact that I am in, in an exceedingly fortunate position and that the following issues are indeed good problems to have. Even more so. So now that we are in the grips, the grips of a global pandemic and a cratering economy, which have left millions unemployed. With that crucial context, here's the big news from my little world. First of all, let me interject here. I like that that they understand that, like, hey, this is this is not you know big world problems. Um, they've always seemed pretty um, pretty aware of, I guess, their place in the universe. They're not like hashtag first world problem people. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, Michael DiMartino and I recently chose to leave Netflix's live action adaption of Avatar The Last Airbender, the series he and I created together in 2002. We will have no involvement in the project moving forward. Gosh, that's so sad. Just that statement alone. It's really hard to read. <laughs> uh, this is probably the most difficult decision I have ever made, but there's no doubt in my mind it is absolutely the right choice. When Netflix brought me on board to run the series alongside Mike two years ago, they made a very public promise to support our vision. Let me interject there. To me, that's Mike saying like, hey, they reneged on their promise, and it was a very public promise. This is, I was um, say, that's pretty continues. direct accountability wording there. Yeah, Mike. Mike's not Brian and Mike is not playing around. I mean, they're being fairly polite, but they're being very upfront, which I appreciate. He goes on to say, Unfortunately, there was no follow-through on that promise, though I got to work with some great individuals, both on Netflix's side and on our own small development team. The general handling of the project created what I felt was a negative and unsupportive environment. That's damning right there. It's not Washington Redskins bad, but it, I mean, it sounds rough. <laughs> He goes on to say, to be clear, this is not a simple matter of us not getting our way. Mike and I are collaborative people. We did not need all the ideas to come from us. As long as we 
felt those ideals were in line with the spirit and integrity of Avatar, we would have happily embraced them. However, we ultimately came to the belief that we would not be able to meaningfully guide the direction of the series. Though I am profoundly disappointed by how things turned out, there are wonderfully talented people who are still working on the series, some of whom Mike and I personally hired and got to know well during our time on the project. So that's him kind of being like, hey, you know, just support it. You know, just, I'm not in it, but there's people I like that's in it. Um, he goes on to say, we worked very hard together towards a shared dream of how special this adaption could be. I want to see them employed and I hope they get the chance to do their best work on the series. Perhaps the team that remains might still be able to make something fans of the original entirely new audience can enjoy. That statement kills me because, and also Mike also has another statement that just kind of sets the bar so low. <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe, maybe somebody will accidentally click team. on this when they're scrolling through Netflix and then remember, yeah. wait, Brian and Mike, not there. Yeah. Then he ends by saying, by and large, I have an incredibly, incredibly charmed career and I'm very grateful for it. And I am enormously lucky for the amazing global community of fans that has grown around the shows Mike and I have created and run together. I will continue to be deeply involved in the, in the Avatar universe, telling the stories my partner and I want to tell in the way we want to tell them. I'll put my time, energy, and talents towards the project that give me the most fulfillment where I am afforded trust and respect. Life is too short to do otherwise. Brian Konietzko. I yeah. feel like I can't even look you in the <laughs> eyes on the screen right now. Like, we're not in person, but I feel like you're, like, <laughs> delivering some real bad news and you just can't meet somebody's face when you're hearing it. And it's not even you. It's yeah. just a TV screen. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Now, on to... Michael DiMartino's statement. So I actually haven't read this he, one yet, so I'm gonna do my best to like shut up and hear the whole uh, hear the whole thing all at once. Okay. Um, he says, "Okay, come on, Facebook. Why did you do this to me right now? I just had you up. Why refresh? <laughs> when? <laughs> oh, you uh, needed this." <laughs> Mike says, "Okay, come on. Sorry." And here we, what the heck was that? Oh, okay, notifications. Mm. Brian says, I'm sorry, Michael, D, Michael Dante DiMartino says, an open letter to Avatar The Last Airbender fans. Many of you have been asking for updates about the live action Netflix series. Oh, these aren't the updates we wanted, Mike. Mike, these aren't the updates we wanted. <laughs> I mean, uh -oh. a simple, it's going fine, would have been okay. <laughs> yeah. I can finally tell you that I am no longer involved with the project. In June of this year, after two years of development work, Brian Konieczko and I made a difficult decision to leave the production. Okay, this is interesting because I just watched, um, well, whenever they did like the Avatar Last Airbender, the whole Avatar, they had like a Comic-Con at home panel. Like, they had FCE who wrote Rise of Kyoshi and Shadow of Kyoshi, uh, Jean Luen Yang, who's written plenty of the comics, and Faith Aaron Hicks, mm. who's written plenty of the comics, and Michael Dante DiMartino. And like afterwards, you're talking about like the love of the series and everything, it's um, how it's evolved and stuff. Afterwards, you know, the person narr narrating or hosting it was like, oh, hey, everyone tell me what you're doing now so people can stay involved. 
and I noticed that Michael Dante DiMartino did not wasn't like, oh, well, I'm work, currently working on the Netflix adaption. He didn't say that. He just says, you know, I'm working in the Avatar universe and doing other things. And I had a hint in the back of my head, just like, I mean, yeah, I can say that now. Just that, hey, I wonder, like, what's going on with that? I, I still held out hope. Or I was naive, I guess, mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, well, why wouldn't he mention the Netflix show? Anyway, and that was like, that happened in July, that comic-con at home but anyway anyway he goes on to say when brian and i signed on to this project in 2018 we were hired as executive producers and showrunners in a joint announcement for the series netflix said that it was committed to honoring our vision for this retelling and to supporting us on creating the series again they're holding netflix accountable for this like they're not being indirect with it Um, and we express how excited we were for the opportunity to be at the helm. Unfortunately, things did not go as we had hoped. Look, things happen. Productions are challenging. Unforeseen events arise. Plans have to change. And when those things have happened at other points during my career, I try to be like an air nomad and adapt. I do my best to go with the flow, no matter what obstacles is put in my way. But even an air nomad knows when it's time to cut their losses and move on. I feel like they're gonna like now have some <laughs> whatever new story they have. They'll have some air nomad with some philosophy being like, the wind may adapt, but every now and then you come against a stubborn mountain, and the wind cannot push a mountain. <laughs> so um, I just keep thinking of that song, "The Gambler," the no one to hold him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I started to reevaluate what is truly important in my life and what I wanted to do. What, with what's left of it. I took some advice from Uncle Iroh. I looked inward and started asking myself the big questions. Who are you and what do you want? Those are, those are big questions. I also it's saw wisdom. Meta, from- uh, asking <laughs> questions. There's a chance you had a hand in writing. That's- <laughs> yeah, like you wrote the character. <laughs> it's like the other day when I accidentally uh, okay. liked my own Facebook status. That's how I felt. Yeah. Or it's like me when I'm like Googling research for like Avatar and I come across my own video. I'm like, I am the source. (laughs) (laughs) I'm credible. Yeah. Okay. He continues. Um, I also sought wisdom from Stoic philosophers who are big on differentiating between what is within our control and what isn't. I realized I couldn't control the creative direction of the series, but I could control how I responded. So I chose to lead the project. It was the hardest professional decision I've ever had to make. Certainly not one that I took lightly, but it was necessary for my happiness and creative integrity. And who knows? <laughs> and who knows? Netflix live action adaption of Avatar has the potential to be good. Again, they're setting the bar <laughs> low. God, and that's so sad. That's... Uh, okay. It goes on to say it might turn out to be a show many of you end up enjoying. But what, I, but what I can be certain about is that whatever version ends up on screen, it will not be what Brian and I had envisioned or intended to make. Yeah, that's, again, just, just damning things they're saying about uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you, know. you know, maybe also, if the Shyamalan movie had never happened and some people didn't have this, like, PTSD for something similar in the past... But I mean, I know that's that's yeah. I'll, if that wasn't I'll, there, maybe everybody would still have some optimism, like oh, it could still be you know what it's different. 
but we're like, no, we don't want to. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, not, I was <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, I was gonna bring that up later, but I think that has a lot to do with a lot of people's reaction to it. Um, he goes on to say, I also want to be clear that this doesn't mean the end of my involvement in the Avatar universe. These stories and characters are important to me in the renewed series, in the renewed interest and excitement in Avatar Encore has been inspiring to see. Writing this letter has left me with a very heavy heart. I know many of you will be disappointed and frustrated by this news. I get it. I share your disappointment and frustration. I also recognize this creative setback is small compared to the problems we're all facing as a society right now. Thankfully, Iroh offered some wisdom for that too. Sometimes life is like this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel, but if you just keep moving, you'll come to a better place. May we all keep moving and come to a better place. Thanks for reading and your continued enthusiasm for the Avatar universe. With gratitude, Michael Dante DiMartino. Man, okay, let's hear it, and, and I'll just read Netflix's crap, whatever statement they put out. <laughs> Their dog ate my homework. Which, bullshit. Yeah, it's it's just a, like a vague corporate statement, you know, the, the typical. Because if they come out and like bash Michael and Brian, like nobody's gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they said we some spokesperson. Okay, um, some spokesperson from Netflix said we have complete respect and admiration for Michael and Brian and the story that they created in the Avatar animated series. Although they have, although they have chosen to depart the live action project, we are confident in the creative team and their adaptation. That was their statement. <laughs> That was it. Uh, okay. That was <laughs> Michael and Brian writes this like long diary passage of just like my heart's ripped out and, and stuff. Makes me think of when we were um, in Payless and one of our uh, one of our <laughs> friends had to like read a statement off to the news and it was just like we are unfortunately experiencing layoffs at this time and we're very sorry and we cannot provide any more details at this time. Thank you. And that's what they had to say or something akin to that. So. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Whatever. Let's yeah, it, let's break it down. Um, okay. So, first of all, Sean, how 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 do you feel? One I thing. Fe- I, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> what horrible timing because the shows like Korra coming, Avatar: The Last Airbender was the number one show for how many weeks on Netflix? Like, there's clearly like four. It broke a record. Just, it broke a record. It broke a record for number of days in the top ten for any show. Granted, they've just started keeping that record probably uh, this year, but still, that's compared to things like Stranger Things, um, Ozark, like heavy hitters for Netflix, like brand new properties for Netflix's exact target audience, and is beating <laughs> those. And so, you and I have never once said that we don't want any changes to it. I don't think we have advocated for that. We have been supportive and throwing back and forth ideas about changes, but it still seems like they could have, at a minimum, they could have like not changed anything, and we would have all watched, and it would have been popular and made money <laughs> and been great, and everybody would have left happy. So I don't know what happened, but it seems like a bad <laughs> idea. Why? All right, you go. Yeah, yeah. Um... So I'm also struck. It's weirdly 
I think I am because I, I feel for Mike and Brian, right? It's like, their baby they have to watch that they're giving away again. And... <laughs> yeah, they watch M.I. Shyamalan, which they went to him was like, hey, and they consoled him, and then he ignored them. And so they had to watch him butcher, just completely massacre their, yeah, their baby, their creation. Then they're given a second chance, and they're been, they've been put in charge to do it. And then other people, higher ups, are still in their way of them living living out their dream. Like it's 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 frustrating on on that point. Um, I do think I am <laughs> weirdly more mad at Netflix than M Night Shyamalan. Like M Night Shyamalan is no longer number one on my crap list of Avatar villains. <laughs> I'm not ready to go um, that far. I've, I've, I'm not ready to go that far yet. But I see what you're getting at. Well, well, the reason why is because M.I. Shyamalan was, was hired as a director to do his vision, right? Even, that, even though that vision was crap. It was a crap vision. It was terribly it was done. Crazy. And he ignored Michael Bryan. He still, he still did his vision. Uh, there, there's a certain aspect of respecting artistry, right? He was responsible for that. Mike and Bryan was responsible for this. They are the showrunners. Like, a showrunner is like a director of a movie. Like, they are put in charge of of writing, of finding the directors, of casting, they should be in charge of all those things. And for Mike and Brian to be, to have been kind of lied to, saying, "Hey, you have this power now. You now you you don't. You've been ripped. That's been ripped from you." That is is disheartening. Um, yeah, I, do, I yeah, I just have a big hate I, for Netflix right now. I, and I believe them. I believe them wholeheartedly when they say that they were told that it would be, you know, in their creative visions. I believe that. I don't know if I recall anything from the time necessarily, but when they say it and they both said it so directly and clearly, I am inclined to believe them that they were misled. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So yeah, we're both mad about it. Like, I I can't. T- I can tell you how excited I was when I found out they were doing live action adaption that Mike and Brian was on it because as an, I'm a fan of Mike and Brian. I'm a fan of their artistry and, and whatever changes, if they want to make other changes and, and realize their vision that maybe it's a different way or, or in whatever way, if they want to do completely what they did, I was going to respect them. And no matter what the quality was, like, I wasn't expecting this to be better than the show because this is the show and nostalgia plays a factor in things and something being the original in the first. But it's always comes from a place of like it comes from a place of trust that like the same way that I would respect, uh, you know, any decision my wife made ever. Well, part of that is because I trust her so much to not do stupid things that I committed half of my crap to her <laughs> in marriage. Like, yeah. <laughs> they weren't going to do anything I mean, I just don't... crazy or bad or dumb or... Yeah, I think at, at the most they would have maybe changed a, f- a few things. Um, but it, it would have it been their vision, so I would have been fine with whatever they wanted to do because they're the true artists. I just don't get as Netflix have... How, how do you have creative differences with the creators? <laughs> like... What were they uh, so tied up me, about you, you, so frequently that they chased away the two most important people in the project? Like, what ideas does Netflix have in their heads? Like, this is how it's going to be better. That's then. That's a good question. That's a good segue into kind of our next uh, in 
formal section. I know. Exactly, like, what could have happened? I know I keep interrupting you here, and I'm sorry. It Uh, is infuriating to think of, like... Like, if you came to me with one of your glass... uh, Your your glass mosaic, and it's beautiful and great, be like, all right, let's make another one. I'm going to let you decide how to do it. But also, I know how to do it better than you did your idea. (laughs) Go away. Um... So a couple things that maybe, and this part is pure speculation, and, sure. and I'll say if I think things are, are uh, I mean, I'll mention things even if I think it's not unlikely. Um, so like one of the things could have been that maybe they changed characters, like sexual orientation, things like that. I don't think Netflix would have any issue with them. And I, and I think that would probably come from Mike and Brian, because Mike and Brian are pretty progressive about stuff. So, I mean, some people have mentioned that, and I, I just don't think Netflix at least have sh- have been shown to be open to things, um, if if that's the case. So I, I kind of have a feeling that's not the case. Um, people would, have brought yeah. up people have brought up um, like what if it was a different story that they wanted to do? I could see that being a, an issue, but I think Mike and Brian were going to do Avatar because they talked about Avatar: Last Airbender and, and everything and. They talked about bringing this to to their vision, how it should be portrayed accurately. So I don't think it's a story issue. Also, they have been working on the story aspect of it for the past two years. So I, I just have a feeling it's not the story wasn't the issue. The thing I feel, that I feel stronger about it potentially being the story than than characters. Personally, just okay. I, you know, if if Netflix is trying to impart too many. Uh, different ideas that Brian and Michael did not have in their original Netflix vision. I could see that being okay, a huge so, sort of sticking point. Is it time for a Zutara joke? I, I would, I would, dang it, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Zutara, Zutara killed this. I'm blaming Zutara <laughs> right now. They are the ones responsible for killing Mike and Brian. Okay, so the only reason why I say this is because... <laughs> I could see, I could see higher ups in Netflix being like, "You have a whole fan base, a whole section of your fan base who really likes this coupling of people. Why don't you just put that into the story?" And Mike and Brian would be like, "We don't. That's not. That was never part of the story." But what if it was? But what if we did? You it? could make Zutara happen. And so but they like I walk in on set someday, and Zuko and Katara are just making out, and they're like. We got to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out the actors and actresses were just dating. And so, anyway. uh, if only that was a habit. Oh, I but, can't so wait to drop the Zutara joke that, on Jamie. Zutara Jamie, fans. if you're listening, we're really sorry. Just kidding. Uh, but the, the Netflix's official Twitter, like a couple weeks ago, was like, hey, Zuko and Katara should have ended up together, right? And then <laughs> what? the thing is, I wrote under it. No, that was a real thing. They're they're official one that like the you know, Netflix like, US Twitter or whatever. Yeah, it's not the official official one, but it's like their second official one that actually like okay. um reacts with fans and, and stuff like that. Um and then they took a poll and everything for Zutara and it came up like thirty nine point five percent Zutara, thirty nine point nine percent Katang, and then the others were like nothing. Or some, whatever the other option was. 
And so maybe maybe they want to add a little bit more um, romantic drama in the show that wasn't there before, like a love triangle. That's I a could nice see way to put it. Maybe it wasn't specifically like, hey, we're going to go this specific direction. It's like, no, it's Netflix. We've got these people as adults now. Let's let's rope in the romantic drama portion. I like how you worded that. That's yeah. a great point. Um, one thing I do think it could, something could have had to do with, so they've gotten this far on the story, right? So the next thing, once you have the story laid out, which I feel like they probably did have laid out, and maybe they had some disagreements with it or something, but I could see it coming down to casting. Um, I know a lot of people's first reaction is like, oh, Netflix wanted to whitewash it. I hope that's not the case, because Mike and Brian were really upfront in their statements when the Netflix series was announced. They're like, oh, no, we're going to cast this appropriately. Um, and so I really don't think that's it because Netflix should know up front that they were going to cast these roles appropriately especially relative to uh, M. Night Shyamalan's I don't have any like any data or anything but I would be surprised to like it feels like Netflix is sensitive to that type of thing or at least would not have repeated that mistake yeah yeah yeah, I don't think they would have repeated that mistake but that's a that's a uh a popular rumor nowadays probably because it's it's a uh, I don't know gets Twitter clout and stuff like that That's fair. Um, but when it comes to casting though, <clears throat> I could see there being being that Netflix probably wanted to age up the cast and probably wanted to make things a little bit more mature because when Brian says in his statement that they weren't living up to the spirit of of the show, I mean, very much the spirit of the show is an all ages show um, about kids taking on the Fire Nation, taking on the concept of, of war and, and hate and all these philosophical things. And maybe that doesn't hit as well. And, and Brian and Mike didn't agree to, to raise the cast. Again, this is speculation, but I can see Netflix being like, hey, let's raise these ages up. Also, because then they could sexualize them if they wanted to, which then goes to the whole Zutara thing. Well, that seems plausible to me. <laughs> um, because also they might, there, there's, there could still be a stigmatism with a kid's show with the kid's cast that adults might not watch. And being a higher up at, and Netflix might be like, no, we want adults to watch this. Um, so I, I can see them maybe trying to age up the cast and Mike and Brian being like, no, we don't want to age up the cast at all. We want to cast like a freaking 11-year-old Varang. I think um, that sounds very reasonable. Not like a good idea reasonable as something that plausible. could have possibly caused it. And you know what? We're saying all these things. In reality, I'm sure it was you know, a handful of separate but related things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, do you, do you think, can you think of anything other reasons why this could have happened? My my gut reaction was that the story would have been really important to them in mostly its original state. Uh, the thing that I didn't consider that you said I liked a lot, just uh, aging up, combining the aging up romantic drama, potential sexualization. Again, we're talking about hitting our age of people that watched it initially as, as young, young people. And now we're older fits with the Netflix motif, um, potential for, for better performance. So that's not something I had thought of, but does, 
kind of make a lot of sense on the surface to me as a as a total uneducated. Yeah. All right, so Nets, what what does this mean for the future? Netflix said they're still going to do the series. <laughs> and I mean, they probably will do the series. They have yeah. the rights to it. I don't think they would let it go away because one thing besides from Die Hard Avatar fans like ourselves, from people on Twitter, the general audience doesn't give a crap about who's <laughs> about who's working behind the scenes for the most part. I wouldn't um, have ever and, thought of that at all in any movie ever before we started having this podcast. Like that was me, and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. And so, in their eyes, it's like, well, yeah, we're gonna go do this. This is gonna be successful. I mean, Avatar was, I would say, it's been raking high. Legend Korra is gonna be on Friday, and that's probably gonna rank high as well. So they're definitely gonna keep doing it. My my hope would be is that oh no, there's so much so much backlash that they don't do it, and then they just give up those rights to do the show. And this is weird because I'm now rooting for Viacom. Um, <laughs> that like um and CBS All Access. They're little, that's our property. We should do our own show, and then they'll give Mike and Brian full creative control to go do it. Again, that's not that's not even speculation. That's not going to happen because Netflix is going to do their Avatar: The Last Airbender show. I think so too. And I got to be honest, I wouldn't trust whatever amount of budget that CBS and Viacom would dedicate to it because I've True. seen yes, what that's... I've seen what Viacom <laughs> does to video games. <laughs> I don't want to see them do that to my favorite television show. Yeah, I agree. They're not going to oh, do it. Like... I would say my my prediction for. Oh, are you going to bring up prediction shortly? I might be jumping the shark. Uh, I just want to go back real quick. We didn't mention budget. I don't think budget was an issue because Netflix has a big either, budget. Yeah. Especially after and, seeing the performance of the animated show, I it would be hard to believe yeah. that it was an issue. And Brian and Mike, they probably would have mentioned, like, oh, we wanted to fulfill our dream of really doing our vision, but the budget wasn't there. We couldn't agree with the budget. They would have said that. Um, yeah. And then also, I just want to say, we, we might be really biased in, in protecting and defending Mike and Brian and being on their side in this. Of course we're that's, biased. We've got a podcast we, we, yeah. named after the show. <laughs> that's fine. We can be biased. But it reminds me, some guy retweeted my tweet of like, how pathetic is it that someone has a podcast dedicated to a show that came out in 2008? And I didn't even respond to it. I kind of <laughs> wanted to, but I was like, I, no, he said a cartoon, a kid's show. I was like, who the heck are you? <laughs> like, Did you call up thing? the other eight podcast friends we have that also have Avatar <laughs> yeah. shows? And those are or just the, the ones that are successful enough to be seen more visibly than ours. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, all right, we'll go on to what this means for the future. Sean, if you want to say anything. I just wanted to offer a real quick prediction on the Netflix bit was that I think they will go through with it, and it'll be one of those things where it'll still top the chart for like half a week or so, like just initial assignment. Because, you know, we'll, we'll go, we'll binge it, right? And then it'll kind yeah, of fall I'll off the face of the earth. It. It'll probably be okay, and it'll fall off the face of the earth, and it'll be just forgotten over time and sit in that little repository, and and uh, it'll just be like a, it'll be like the mediocre, like the role player draft pick from the first round kind of disappointment, you know, not, not yeah. a total bust, but just not do what it should have done. So, um, also, I want to say I hope that Jeremy Zuckerman still does some music for it. I, man, he's such good friends with Mike, with Brian Konietzko. Like, they were roommates in college. Oh, I didn't I know that. Or if he, I did, I forgot. Like, they, yeah, they go way back. Like, 
laid back. Um, if Brian's not a part of it, I I wouldn't doubt it if Jeremy Zuckerman decided to drop Remnant 2. And that will be, for some reason, that will hit harder than not hearing the, the music. It all hits hard, but I don't if I had to guess, how. Jeremy Zuckerman's going to drop out too. I, I wouldn't predict that personally. I w- I'd be on the fence at least just because I imagine uh, at, like composition and pay structure and the, like his ability to leave financially could be very different. Not that he doesn't have money. That's not what I'm mm. saying. Uh, but just sort of the scope of work and the schedule and everything. It would be really hard for Netflix to allow a composer to leave mid mid development, I guess. So I wouldn't. I don't. I don't know anything about it. I would just not be surprised if that was different in a way that kind of financially engaged him to staying. Yeah. I wonder would they just like if if Jeremy didn't work on it, would they just hire somebody to just reuse his material from the show, which is good enough. Sure. Um, but you know, Jeremy. You know, Jeremy Zuckerman was gonna like make some tweaks, add probably more orchestra to it, just uh, you know, really hype it up. He was certainly going to have, I would but, say, more financial capacity to do that. Yeah. Um, yes. Probably more time to even than he would have. Oh in the gosh. Episode. Yeah, it's so interesting. I was, I was just listening to. Sorry, going a little tangent. I was listening. To him. He was talking about how he did the score for uh, for the Azula versus Zuko fight. And he he was just racking his brain. He couldn't think of anything at all for it. And like, uh, there were. He went to Mike or went to Brian. Was like, I can't think of anything. And Brian was like, Just make it simple. And then, <laughs> and then he was like, All right. And then it turned into like one of those beautiful pieces of music that that so many people remember. Uh, um, I believe that constraint oh. inspires creativity. So when he gets that, you know, he's got writer's yeah. block and he gets that note from from Brian and it's like, Keep it simple. It's like, All right, there's my constraint. Simple but beautiful avatars. <laughs> That's all he needed. All right, uh, real quick. Uh, uh, real quick, a prediction that I'm going to have is that it's a it's an off prediction, honestly. So they're going to do the show no matter what. Um, it's probably going to be vague, you know, fairly successful. But I don't think they have the rights to Legend of Korra, <laughs> and so I could see CBS being if they had money and the budget at that point being like, hey, now that they've told that story, we can give Mike and Brian full, complete freedom. Maybe they'll do Legend of Korra, which would then be funny if Legend of Korra live action series was like just, just unabashedly, just everybody just loved that way more than the, than the live action Avatar Last Airbender. That would be, be so just a reversal. It would blow people's brains. Yeah. I, I don't trust Viacom or CBS enough to like pick it up and do a good job. Like, again, it's one of those I would still watch it and I'd still be excited and supportive. Um, I've heard they've done good with the uh, Ducard Star Trek series. I, I don't watch it, but, but. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. But I I would take somebody else's word for it. But uh, if that were yeah. the case, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings just because I do want to continue seeing. I just don't want to see the universe die, but in the creation oh, I want and that's... to come from Michael and Brian. Uh, specifically, yeah. you know, so so Chris, you were saying before your phone died and it made it look like the room turned on its side. If we had just finished discussing <laughs> potentially a the core series, and thanks for thanks for jumping back in. Yes, I was just gonna say, I think the biggest one of the biggest takeaways is that Mike and Brian are still very adamant about creating um, more in the Avatar universe. They'll going to create even more stories. 
And so, I mean, the last, I don't know if it'll be animated because when they were done with Legend of Horror, they seemed like they were done with animation. <laughs> like, it was just so much hard work. But, I mean, it's been a while. It's been, like, five years since Legend of Horror, so maybe they'll go back to it. Um, or maybe they'll focus more on comics, although Brian has way more experience with um, with animation than, like, storytelling. Usually Michael handles the, the storytelling aspect of it, and Brian handles the, the art and the art direction, things like that. Um, so hopefully this means we'll get more uh, more cartoons, maybe, now that they're kind of free from that. Hopefully, you know, we'll get maybe an adaption of Kyoshi novels. I would love that. I just, I want something, yeah. Uh, getting the Kyoshi novels on my screen would be tremendous. The comics are, are fine, like, I'm enjoying reading them, but it is a different mindset for me going to these comics. And then they also, in my opinion, they don't sort of clearly represent Michael and Brian's voices nearly as well like they're not it, it's clear that their involvement there is different I always think when I'm reading them so still fun I don't want to bash it but yeah put some so put more avatar on my TV screen somehow please you know. yes but Michael and Brian um, avatar not Shyamalan or Netflix avatar <laughs> yeah I'm actually curious who's going to come on to be the showrunner you know some people said like um, someone said hey Aaron Eha's come on step up and wow that would be cool and all i don't think Aaron Eha is one thing they just greenlit the dragon prince for the whole entire seven seasons great. the whole saga which is great yeah um excellent. and also to me he probably takes way more ownership of that show than he does avatar like avatar isn't his baby and i feel like sometimes he uh he, he i mean it's, it's just not his baby so he might just want to stick to his this baby though he loves you know those characters um, i'm not sure he wants to dive back into the world also i don't think he has as much um as much experience with like a lot of the more Asian philosophies and things i don't think that was a strong suit with it when it comes to avatar we'll be curious if maybe they bring in um you know they bring in some asian an asian showrunner to, to do it that might get netflix on on some people's good side um, which would be great because I mean Mike and Brian, they're you know they even though they they had huge huge help um, in their art department and and their consultations things like that from from uh, Asian people and you know Asian 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 people um, and you know they really revolutionized the way they work with the animation team overseas and in South Korea um, the other other cartoons weren't doing at the time, but some of them still don't do. Like, they have such a good working relationship with them. But I guess right now, I guess I would recommend Netflix, yeah, go ahead and get um, uh, an Asian person who's really into Avatar, who's a really great uh, showrunner. I don't have any in mind right now, but I know... I don't know, know how long the list is, huge. is, but I'd be interested, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Netflix might not know a lot of people, but there's people out there. So maybe that can be what they can do to uh to get backing some good people's uh, graces other than that i'm still be pissed off about it like i'm just not as excited about it anymore like i was looking so much forward to it and now it's just gonna feel like fanfic honestly <laughs> it's just it, it may not be as bad as Shyamalan's, but it does feel as dirty yeah but i do think you're right that we're <laughs> that we've been burned once and this twice burnt hurts more 
and I would say if it hadn't happened before, we would still react, you know, maybe 80% to this level or whatever, but we wouldn't have that previous basis of like, look what happens when it, you know, goes away. And so maybe yeah. there would have just been a little more optimism of, no, you know, let's, it's fine. Give it change, give it a chance. It's Netflix. Um, so yeah, maybe if that wasn't lingering in our hearts for a decade and a half, it'd be a little different. Yeah. But that's all I got, Sean. I know, you know, you got things to do. No need to weigh you down even more. Um, but thank you for anyone who, uh, who are finding us, who are watching us, you know, go, uh, just, uh, I don't know, keep going down this tunnel. We might get and, to a better place. And to all those people who retweeted our F-bomb tweets earlier, uh, thanks for, made us feel better. You, when, when you commiserate in company, it makes you feel better about it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody else, for recording this little emergency podcast. It has not been fun, but I'm glad we were able to put something together quick. We will talk to you very soon about Korra, un- untainted, not Netflix, Legend of Korra. That's right around the corner, so come visit us again on Friday. We'll talk to you guys later.